All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show, right? All right, everybody share share this out, share this out, share this out. It's Friday night. That means the law of one, right? Rock on. Welcome, Darren. Welcome. Share this out, share this out. Everybody share this out. It is Friday night. We were doing the law of one. So we ended up last week at 86.6, right? No, 86.8. I believe that's where we're at. I got it, I got it racked. We'll start from there, but one thing I noticed that I hadn't noticed before, and I don't know how, maybe I didn't have my glasses on, uh, I've been telling you guys that I'm using this uh, video that I use to play this from a group called Muffy Moose, and it's not Muffy Moose, it's Maffy Moose, unless they changed it. I thought for sure before it said Muffy Moose, but today it said Maffy, M-A-F-F-Y. I may have misread it uh, a long time ago and just kept spewing the words Muffy Moose, Moose, and it's Maffy Moose has a picture of a cat. That's on YouTube, and that's where I get this video from, and it is LL Research Proved. Um, it's their book that was put to a computer speaking the words, and then it also shows you the words on, on screen. And I do that on purpose. Uh, I was talking about this on my show the other day and I, I, when I was talking to Mandy, because sometimes when I'm talking, if your brain doesn't work as fast as mine or if you're not Irish, uh, you don't understand where I'm going sometimes. And some people say that to me. They go, well, you're like way off topic and you're rambling. And then I tell them, no, actually I'm not. I'm speaking in a parable. I'm actually driving to a point, And in a second, you're going to see where, how that pertains and ties in. But unfortunately, sometimes I go a little bit past people's tolerance and they go, dude, what, what does this got to do with what we were talking about? And that's when I always have to say to them, Please be faithful. Wait one more moment, and I'll show you how this all ties in. I don't ramble. I'm not a blatherskiting old man who doesn't know what he's talking about and ends up wandering off. Well, that was back in 1862, or was it 1867? I think it was March. Could have been a Wednesday. I, that's not me. Okay? My brain doesn't work that way. I have total recall. I wish I had eidetic memory, but I don't. I have total recall. And even when I'm, you think I'm rambling off, unless I literally take a, a side point and go, oh, that reminds me of that time Cousin Neb got his nipples bit off by the squirrel. I only remember that because he was in ambulance number 12, and 12 is my favorite number. If you hear me talking like that, I'm rambling. <laughs> okay? If I go off on a tangent like that, I'm rambling. But I don't normally, everything that I do is, is so that people actually understand what I'm doing. The fact that I'm playing this where I'm not reading it, so you have a methodical computer reading it, and it's in an English voice, so some people have a hard time with that if they're not used to that accent. I'm, I'm used to that accent. I'm, I'm used to all accents. I do them. So I also put it on the screen for people who are visual learners, so they'll read along with it, with hearing what's there. Some people don't need to see the words. They can just hear the voice and they understand it. Other people need to see the words to read along with what they're hearing. It just is determined about how you guys, how each one of you learns. 
Each one of us learns a different way. Some people are hands-on. Some people you can just say, here, go do this and give them a, a, a schematic. Some people you, you have to actually walk them through it and say, look, this is what you have to do and you have to show them. Other people you have to, you have to tell them and let them do it themselves. And some people you just literally hand the paperwork to and say, go do this and they can get it done. That is, it doesn't mean that somebody is smarter than someone else. It just means that we all learn a different way. Okay, so even Jesus or the people who wrote the Jesus narrative, whether you believe in, in Jesus or not, is not important. Whether Jesus was alive or not was not important. The important thing is the message that is being taught there. So the people who wrote those, the, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and, and all of the other scriptures in all of the uh, uh, religions of the planet, they understood that. So they, so they speak in parables all the time. Jesus spoke in parables. Every sermon he gave would be three or four or five stories. And all of those stories are actually the same message. Same scenario, same message, but different people learn different ways. And they perceive things differently. So Jesus understood that, or at least the, the writers who wrote down what he supposedly said, understood that, and that's why they do that. I do the same thing. But the difference is I'm doing it without you able to see me most of the time because I have the screen up with the stuff there. Like now I don't have it up. And then I also put this out on an MP3. Namaste, there I am. A, nom- a, a, a MP3 file podcast where people never see my face. And they don't have the visuals uh, to read along. That's why I tell people that, that if they want, they can either buy the book or they can go to like Kindle and get it. I think it's still there. You can go to uh, uh, lawofone.info. That's I-N-F as in Frank O. Lawofone.info. And you can read the actual transcripts and even listen to the actual audio. That's why I tell people that. Because if they are listening on the MP3 file, uh, wherever they're at in the world, and they want to see the words, I give them the, where, where are the tools to go and find the LL Research uh, group's words. So, I, I, you know, it, unfortunately, sometimes, like I said, being Irish, we tend to go on a little bit longer than most people. So we, we tend to lose some people in our, in our storytelling, unless they know we're just telling a story, and then we don't, because it doesn't matter where we go. People are listening to you because you have the story and you have their attention, and we tell stories good. Not all Irish people, but there's a, we have a knack for it. Irish people do. A little bit more than other people. At least that's been my opinion. Right? So we end up... Hi, Angie. I like that picture. Your little picture there. I am monitoring the chat so I can see you guys if you guys uh, ask questions or make comments. Okay? So that's cute. You get the little... I have that too. A little little uh, uh, you know avatar of me. You know, a little cartoon of me. It's pretty funny. I even gave him a big beard so that, so you can see it. And it's gray too, right? <laughs> so... Okay, so Love One uh, is, uh, if you guys are very, for the very first time just grabbing this and you don't know what the Law of One is, Love One is this group of people called the LL Research Group, back between 1981 and 1984, using a form of ESP known as channeling. We're trying to make com- contact with anybody, anything out in the universe to find out if there was life out there. And they made contact with not just one person, but an entire species, a hive mind complex. That means an entire uh, uh, civilization of people who had ascended to the point where they can all collectively as one think as one. And that entire hive mind complex communicated through, well, at the very beginning, each one of them until they found that they liked Carla the best, that she was the most in tune uh, to be able to communicate. 
and that spawned 106 channeling sessions between 1981 and 1984, and they were 45 minutes, approximately 30 to 45 minutes uh, per session, and they continued doing that, and they made five books out of it, six if you count the book where they talked about UFOs and aliens. This is what I'm breaking down for you, and I have been for um, almost two years now, or for two years now. Going on the third year, going on the second year or third year? Well, either way, we're at 86 out of 106 sessions. I'll have to look at the exact date. I know it was uh, October um, 17th or October 7th, uh, but I'm not sure if it was two years ago or one year ago. Either way, we've been doing this for at least a year. I think we're on our second year. We are. We're on our second year. Every single Friday night, okay? And you can pick it up anywhere, and the, the truth is I thought while I was reading it, how could they possibly go 106 sessions and still have things that, to talk about that would be interesting? But they did. Now, there is a lot of redundancy, and that happens where, where Don, the questioner, will ask a question that Raw has already answered, and Raw actually says, we've covered this in a previous session. Um, but then again, sometimes he needs a clarification, right? And so that, and so that is, but otherwise, it's completely different information. And because of the way that Raw talks, Raw talks as if he's a nuclear physicist, and Dawn, in fact, is and was. So he's, you know, he's speaking in the, in the most direct words that he can that Dawn would understand, and unfortunately, you have to be Sheldon to really understand what he's being said. You can listen to it on the, on the surface, and you can kind of get it, but like last week, I spent probably uh, 25, 30 minutes on one paragraph because of what that meant. And that you could just slide right past it and not pay attention to the depth of what Ra was trying to convey if you don't understand what's going on. So it's esoteric like everything else. And once I read it, I was like, I have to, I have to get this out to the people and help translate what it is that's being said here. Uh, because there's so much information I think people are missing from this. And it turned out I was right. right? There's a couple other people that have been trying to do this. Uh, some have not very, gotten very far. Uh, others have, you know, and I don't know that there's anybody who's completed. They're nowhere near as far as I'm at, and I'm doing it once a week, right? Being at, at 86, there was one other guy, a doctor, who was, um, he was catching up. He did, he, I think he was into the 30s last I checked, so he might be in the 40s or 50 range. Uh, but everybody else drops off, right? They start it, and then they drop off. They they just can't continue. They don't have the, I guess, the stamina or the will, or maybe they think they're not getting anybody. Because I don't get a lot of people. I don't do this to be a rock star. I'm not trying to get a billion hits, you know, or views. If I was trying to do that, I wouldn't be talking about this subject, right? I'd be talking about, like, the cookie-cutter subjects that everybody wants to hear you talk about that, that get you popular. I'm not doing that for, that for for that purpose, not this. For that purpose, not at all. Okay, so, and that, that might be why they thought, wow, I'm going to get so popular doing this. And they're like, oh, wow, this is, a, you know, I'm getting 30 to 100 people per show. Well, if you can get 30 to 100 people per show, you're doing good. That's the way I look at it, because if you can get one person to pay attention to this, you've you've doubled your number. So if you get two, you're that's a bonus. So I'm not in this for I'm not getting paid. First of all, so I'm not in this for the money. This is my show. I pay for the whole thing. I pay to have this thing. I pay for everything to get it out on the air and in my podcast. Okay. So now that I've wasted the standard 12 minutes talking about other things besides the law of one. Right, but I have to do that in the beginning, and because it's my show, I'm not time constrained. So at the hour mark, they're not going to start playing music in the background and cut me, 
right? Because it is, in fact, my show, my channel. <laughs> so I can go on. All right, so let's get into this. Let me go over here and, and change uh, to the Law of One on Facebook there. And you guys can, like I said, you can follow along. I'll go into widescreen here. And if you go into widescreen on your uh, device, then you'll see you'll be able to read the words better. You don't have to. Like I said, if you don't need to, you don't have to. And like I said, I am watching the chat. I have it up on my phone over here because we're using a, a different operating system. And while I'm in this uh, full screen mode on this operating system, I can't see the chat because I have to be in full screen, literally on my screen to show it to you full screen. So I have it on my phone because I don't have my other, my other computer has stuff stacked on it right now and it's not on. And my other computer is out there, outside the office. Okay. So we are, in fact, on session 86, question number eight, I believe, right? Yeah, and it is Maffy Moose. You can see that on the screen. No, it's question number six. I apologize. So 86, question number six. So I think I put it up there as question eight, but we'll get there. All right, so I'm going to go full screen, and here we go. Wait, let me make sure you guys are seeing the right thing. Yes, you are. Oh, wait a minute. I have to fix the soundboard for raw. My bad. I turned the microphone down during this intro song. And now I have to turn it back up for raw because it wouldn't be loud enough for you guys. Here we go. Question 86.6. Questioner. In the last session you had mentioned the properties precipitating from the veiling of the mind, the first being envisioning or far-seeing. Would you explain the meaning of that? Answer, I am Ra. Your language is not overstrewn with non-emotional terms for the functional qualities of what is now termed unconscious mind. The nature of mind is something which we have requested that you ponder. However, it is, shall we say, clear enough to the casual observer that we may share some thoughts with you without infringing upon your free learned teaching experiences. The nature of the unconscious is of the nature of concept rather than word. Consequently, before the veiling the use of the deeper mind was that of the use of unspoken concept. You may consider the emotive and connotative aspects of a melody. One could call out, in some stylized fashion, the terms for the notes of the melody. One could say, quarter note A, quarter note A, quarter note A, whole note F. This bears little resemblance to the beginning of the melody of one of your composer's most influential melodies, that known to you as a symbol of victory. This is the nature of the deeper mind. They are only stylized methods with which to discuss its functions. Thusly our descriptions of this portion of the mind, as well as the same portions of body and spirit were given terms such as, far-seeing, indicating that the nature of penetration of the veiled portion of the mind may be likened unto the journey too rich and exotic to contemplate adequate describing thereof. Question 86.7 Questioner, you have stated that dreaming, if made available to the conscious mind, will aid greatly in polarization. Could you define dreaming or tell us what? Now, if you want to know more about that paragraph, remember I said earlier that I spent like 15 minutes on, or 30 minutes on a paragraph. It was that paragraph. And that's why I didn't stop on it this time because I already talked about it. So if you want to hear the interpretation of what just went on in that paragraph, go to last Friday's show and listen to it. And that's what you'll find me talking about towards the end of the show. What it is and how it aids polarization? Answer, I am Ra. Dreaming is an activity of communication through the veil of the unconscious mind and the conscious mind. 
The nature of this activity is wholly dependent upon the situation regarding the energy center blockages, activations, and crystallizations of a given mind-body-spirit complex. In one who is blocked at two of the three lower energy centers dreaming will be of value in the polarization process in that there will be a repetition of those portions of recent catalysts as well as deeper held blockages, thereby giving the waking mind clues as to the nature of these blockages and hints as to possible changes in perception which may lead to the unblocking. This type of dreaming or communication through the veiled portions of the mind occurs also with those mind-body-spirit complexes which are functioning with far less blockage and enjoying the green ray activation or higher activation at those times at which the mind-body-spirit complex experiences catalyst, momentarily blocking or baffling or otherwise distorting the flow of energy influx. Therefore, in all cases it is useful to a mind-body-spirit complex to ponder the content and emotive resonance of dreams. For those whose green ray energy centers have been activated as well as for those whose green ray energy centers are offered an unusual unblockage due to extreme catalyst, such as what is termed the physical death of the self or one which is beloved occurring in what you may call your near future, dreaming takes on another activity. This is what may loosely be termed precognition or a knowing which is prior to that which shall occur in physical manifestation in your yellow ray third density space-time. This property of the mind depends upon its placement, to a great extent, in time-space so that the terms of present and future and past have no meaning. This will, if made proper use of by the mind, body, spirit complex, enable this entity to enter more fully into the all-compassionate love of each and every circumstance including those circumstances against which an entity may have a strong distortion towards what you may call unhappiness. As a mind, body, spirit complex consciously chooses the path of the adept and, with each energy balanced to a minimal degree, begins to open the indigo ray energy center the so-called dreaming becomes the most efficient tool for polarization, for, if it is known by the adept that work may be done in consciousness while the so-called conscious mind rests, this adept may call upon those which guide it, those presences which surround it, and, most of all, the magical personality which is the higher self in space time analog as it moves into the sleeping mode of consciousness. With these affirmations attended to, the activity of dreaming reaches that potential of learned teaching which is most helpful to increasing the distortions of the adept towards its chosen polarity. There are other possibilities of the dreaming not so closely aligned with the increase in polarity which we do not cover at this particular space-time. No, I apologize. <clears throat> it was, in fact, that paragraph. I talked about the other paragraph as well. So I'm not going to get into this paragraph because I did 30 minutes on this paragraph last week. All right, so here we go. So we are, in fact, 86.8 was where we were supposed to start. Here we go. Question 86.8. Questioner, how is the dream designed or programmed? Is it done by the higher self or who is responsible for this? Answer, I am Ra. In all cases the mind, body, spirit complex makes what use it can of the faculty of the dreaming. It, itself, is responsible for this activity. Question 86.9 Questioner, then you are saying that the subconscious is responsible for what I will call the design or scriptwriter for the dream. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is correct. Question 86.10 Questioner, is the memory that the individual has upon waking from the dream usually reasonably accurate? Is the dream easily remembered? 
Answer, I am Ra. You must realize that we are overgeneralizing in order to answer your queries as there are several sorts of dreams. However, in general, it may be noted that it is only for a trained and disciplined observer to have reasonably good recall of the dreaming. This faculty may be learned by virtue of a discipline of the recording immediately upon awakening of each and every detail which can be recalled. This training sharpens one's ability to recall the dream. The most common perception of a mind-body-spirit complex of dreams is muddied, muddled, and quickly lost. Question 86.11 Questioner, in remembering dreams, then, you are saying that the individual can find specific clues to current energy center blockages and may, thereby, reduce or eliminate those blockages. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. Welcome, Lynn. Welcome to the... Welcome to the show. Welcome to the crowd. Law of one today. Right? Here we go. This is so. Okay. <clears throat> For those of you on the MP3 file, this is, that was the end of uh, 86.8 or 9 there. I think we're going to the second part of 86. Yes, we are. And this takes place, for those of you on the MP3 file broadcast, this is session 86, second part of session 86, May 4th, 1982, the Law of One. Question 86.12. Questioner, is there any other function of dreaming that is of value in the evolutionary process? Answer, I am Ra. Although there are many which are of some value we would choose two to note, since these two, though not of value in polarization, may be of value in a more generalized sense. The activity of dreaming is an activity in which there is made a finely wrought and excellently fashioned bridge from conscious to unconscious. In this state the various distortions which have occurred in the energy web of the body complex, due to the misprision with which energy influxes have been received, are healed. With the proper amount of dreaming comes the healing of these distortions. Continued lack of this possibility can cause seriously distorted mind, body, spirit complexes. The other function of the dreaming which is of aid is that type of dream which is visionary and which prophets and mystics have experienced from days of old. Their visions come through the roots of mind and speak to a hungry world. Thus the dream is of service without being of a personally polarizing nature. However, in that mystic or prophet who desires to serve, such service will increase the entity's polarity. Question 86. Right, and that goes for either direction, right? Whether you're in service to self or service to others. So the service to self people are self-serving, and that gives them more power anyways, right? the more they um, use any kind of anything to um, harm other people or use them, you know, that gives them more of an evil stature, right? And the same goes for people who are in service to others. That's why when, when you do things to help people, you feel good about it. If you, if you don't, then you're a narcissist, which means that you're basically, you're, you're evil, right? So if you help people and you hate it, and I don't like helping people, I don't want to help people, I just do it because I have to. Well, that's a choice that you've made. It doesn't mean that, that I dislike you because you, you serve a purpose because we all serve a purpose. But if, if by helping people or you're driven to do that, then you're a person who's polarized more towards service to others. And that's why you get that good feel. You get that feeling where you feel better because you actually gain energy from doing that. And you're rewarded by your vibration uh, vibrating, you know, at a, at a, at a higher rate you know, at a, at a larger, you know, higher rate, going up the octave like uh, music does. 
So because of that, you enjoy that. That's just like when you work out, you run, you do stuff like that. Your body kicks out endorphins because by you doing that, that forces your body to then get rid of junk that's in your body. And they replace that junk by rewarding you with the feeling of euphoria. It feels good. So therefore, you want to continue to work out. It's the same thing when you are in service to others. But it also, unfortunately, is the same thing when people are in service to self. And that's why you have people who are serial killers, serial rapists, uh, and stuff like that. Because um, it does the same effect in the reverse. And that's what he's talking about with dreams. Now, I'm just talking about an energy as a whole and the things, that, you know, how it affects you and how it affects other people. But everything works on that premise, on that, on that ideology. Right. And then I got kicked off of off of Orion Rising uh, just a second ago from from the live feed over here on my phone. So I'm going to click back on. So if, you, if that happens to you, if you're here and you get kicked out, just refresh your screen and come back in because they will try and disrupt my signal. And it's not. I always check my operating system and the connection between my computer and my Internet and um, my computer linked up to Facebook. Everything usually is in the green, and then Facebook disrupts it on their end, right? They've, they do that a lot, especially when I'm talking about conspiracy theories and deep state stuff. But when I talk about this stuff a little bit too much, they do as well because I'm helping people to understand how to uh, fix themselves or look inward, and, and I'm encouraging people to do that and to raise your own vibration by making yourself a better person uh, because all of us have to do that kind of work, me, you, everybody, all the time. Nobody doesn't have to. The only person who didn't have to do that and did anyways, you know, were the prophets because they were destined to be those prophets, right? Mohammed, Jesus, you know, the, the like Daniel, um, those people, David, right, even King David, um, he was a prophet in his own right. And a lot of people don't realize that, but how much he did for the Hebrew people in that religion. They wouldn't be here if it wasn't for David. So not only is he a king, but he ha he's also a prophet. And they don't see it that way, I don't think. I know that they see Daniel and Elijah and, and, and the like. Um, but I would consider by the standards that David was as well a prophet. So they were designed to do that, and they didn't have to, but they did. That's why you have the temptation of Christ, right? Um, because he, he was um, not wanting to, rot, to be risen above everyone else. Do you understand? Muhammad was the same way. Muhammad ascended before they killed him, but they came after him for the same reason. Jesus didn't. He chose not to ascend. In fact, if you really look into it, in fact, you should watch. We did a show. It was, it was Watcher's Talk Show. Right. Uh, but it was really the, uh, the three of us uh, put it on, put it on the show, but it was Omar's idea. So I want to give him a lot of credit for it. Uh, we had uh, Neil Gore, the creator and owner, uh, a friend of ours of uh, Portal to Ascension. And he did. Oh, well, in the beginning, he did a, um, the speaking rap, which is, I don't know what you call that, but it's badass. And he did a really good job. And, but then later at the end or, or at his time, a designated time slot around 4 p.m. that day, uh, he came back and he talked about um the solstice, Christmas, uh, religion, and, and that sort of stuff, and how much, you know, what did Santa Claus have to do with anything? And, uh, and, and he tapped into that and talked about that whole thing with the prophets and all that. And, that, and that's, uh, uh, there's a, he's, he also, he's also doing a show, and I'm not exactly sure when it is. It's coming up. I know they just did one, but I don't think that was he was putting it on. So I don't think he spoke there, but don't quote me because I, did, I was not a part of that. 
Um, I wasn't part of his last one, but I wasn't a part of that one. Um, and uh, But he is going to be doing that uh, in another. He's going to do a whole show on that, talking about that entire thing and the polarity of it. Right? Kind of crazy. Okay, let's continue. 6.13. Questioner, there is a portion of sleep that has been called REM. Is this the state of dreaming? Answer, I am Ra. Oh, and also I wanted to say um, welcome to um, Celeste. <laughs> I saw you pop in there, so I wanted to say hi. Okay, so here we go. This is correct. So, yeah, REM means rapid eye movement. If those of you, most of you probably know what that means. That's like that band. They called themselves REM. That's what that meant. It, was, it literally stood for rapid eye movement. And that's when people are dreaming. When you're actually dreaming and it's lucid, you enter into the REM state is what they call it, right? The REM state where you have the rapid eye movement. And that's because your eyes are actually moving uh, at, at a, you know, a really, really fast pace. But they're whatever you're seeing in your dream and you're moving your eyes around to look at things. In your dream, you're moving at regular speed that we move at here in, in this reality. But in truth... You're having like, say your dream lasts for, you know, 20, 30 minutes in your mind. That could be two or three seconds. And so the eyes are, are, are mirroring what you're looking at inside. Animals do it too, right? I have cats and dogs that have done the same thing and they dream. So, you know, the people say, well, they're not really alive. If animals dream, that means they're sentient. That means they have a personality and they have, they, they are. I think therefore I am is the only thing that we as a human race say that it means that you are alive right we in fact we even say that when it's not the truth because truth is life is anything when they it, it, anything that is that is something a, a molecule is life in our minds but yet we don't say they're sentient until they know until they think i think therefore i am pardon me i think therefore i am so anything before that, see, we, we judge that and say that that way, if, they, if it's not thinking, therefore we can do whatever we want with it, kill it, cook it, eat it, whatever. But then we're now starting to find out that, like, you know, if you're, it, that's why pe some people choose to be um, vegetarian because they don't want to kill animals. Well, the truth is you have to kill life to sustain your life. So just because you're not wanting to kill an animal, you're killing plants and you're consuming their flesh just like you would as if you uh, ate meat. So I tell people, look, I, I know that it's a good idea what you're doing because it's probably healthier for you, and some people can't eat meat. So I don't fault them for that. I don't fault anybody for anything that they do except for people that are evil, right? So narcissistic people, I, I, I fault. But I don't – they also serve a purpose, right? <laughs> so rapid eye movement, if that, if that dictates that we are, I think therefore I am, then we need to change our entire mindset towards – animals and all plants they've proven that grass remembers you if you walk across grass it gets stressed out when you start heading towards it because you're going to walk on and crush some of it okay so and that's actually been documented scientifically so if grass knows who you are and that you're going to crush grass by walking on grass and maybe yank some out and gets stressed out that means that it recognizes you so that means it thinks in some form that we're not privy to, it is alive and it has a personality and it knows to fear you because you stepped on it before. Right? So that's craziness. So we have to accept that. We have to accept the fact that in this reality, we cannot survive without killing life.
it is the cycle that was set up by the ultimate creator so that we would be a sustainable crop. Okay? We're, we're a sustainable crop because we eat each other. That's the ecosystem that has been set up, at least in this dimension. Okay? So we have to accept that. doesn't mean we have to do it. That doesn't mean you have to do it. doesn't mean, you know what I mean? If you want to be a vegan, be a vegan. If you want to be a vegetarian, be a vegetarian. If you want to be a meat eater, be a meat eater. I don't care what you do. I'm not here to dictate to you what you should or shouldn't do. I'm here to help you remember that your butt's freed. <laughs> and you're not a slave race. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I'm here so you guys can graduate. Because you guys has not been graduating. Because the powers that should not be have been keeping you all locked in a jail cell. Right? Living beings have soul. I feel that I feel that way. This is Celeste, by the way, for those of you who are listening on the MP3 broadcast. Living beings have souls. I feel that way about plants and trees. Yes, that's absolutely so do I. But see, I have a, a Wiccan pagan background. Uh, you know, being I mean, well, being native, I'm you know five percent. I'm not trying to claim that I'm like all native. Omar would have a better claim to that. He's fifty percent native, right? But but having native blood uh, kind of tends to. I would I would not want to be full-blooded native because just how deeply i'm spiritual and and i'm and i don't know if that's attributed to just being native but i am also a celt which if you look at the similarities in the cultures they're almost identical in the way they evolved there they, they the difference is they taught us to wear clothes before before they taught the people here to wear clothes the natives here to wear the, the clothes that we all wear so they, they, they retrained us first, and then they retrained everybody over here, right? But when you get here to America, the Native Americans wore a version of a kilt. Right? I mean, they did. Come on, guys. Let's think about that. Right? So let's see what else is uh, Celeste saying here. Um, smell of fresh cut grass, uh, and it's uh, screaming, right? I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's an awesome documentary about the war of plants. Yeah, right? No joke. Free will, baby. Yeah, free will. That's, that's the deal, though. You know what I mean? Um, but you have to realize that, yeah, we have free will. Everybody has free will. That, and that's the one thing that people forget about. Celeste knows that. That's why when I said I'm trying to get you guys to remember that you're free, she said free will, baby. Because they're trying to take that from you so, and so that you don't, or they took it from you so that you didn't realize it. But it's still, in, it's still there. They can't get rid of it. They couldn't get rid of it for a thousand years. They couldn't get rid of it. They tried. Even controlling the narrative and keeping you only going to their churches and only listening to their sermons. Uh, so they fed you only what they wanted you to know. It was still there. It was inherent in us that we were created free, that we are free. We are free to do. We have free will. We know that in every religion, that's, that's something that's there in every religion. Everyone just has this instinct that we are, we are free to do whatever we want to do. And they tried to stifle that by beating people down and putting chains on you and beating you and raping you and pillaging you and murdering you. It still couldn't be driven out. Why? Because it's fucking true. Ooh, pardon my language. What a little, what a little F word there. Pardon my French. You know, you think over in France, here's one of those times I'm deviating. Do you think in France when they cuss, they say, pardon my American or they say, pardon my English? I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm wondering about that because everybody in America says, pardon my French when they cuss, right? And they, we blame it on the French. Like, it's their fault. The French don't cuss very often. We're the ones that are more guttural. It would be Germany, if any, somebody aggressive. Japan, Germany, America. We, that would be cuss, cussing uh, uh, people because we're so aggressive. We all wanted to take over the world. Right, America wants to own the world. Germany almost did. Japan almost did. Right, or Greek. Right, because the Greeks did own the whole world. Or the Romans. Pardon my Roman. Pardon my Greek. I don't know. It's all Greek to me. All right, here we go. Question eighty-six point one four. Questioner, 
It was noticed that this occurs in small units during the night with gaps in between. Is there any particular reason for this? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question. Love when Ra does that. He just answered the question. But see, we hear, I say this every time because I think it's funny. We hear when we ask a question like he did, we're kind of inferring with the question that if the answer is yes, please elaborate without us having to tell you elaborate. But raw, I keep saying he, they, they just answer the question. Yes. And then the questioner goes, well, then can you tell me about that? <laughs> and I go, yes. Okay, please do. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. They're so absolute. It's hilarious. I love it. 86.15. Questioner, if it is of any value to know that, would you tell me why the dreaming process works like that? Answer, I am Ra. The portions of the dreaming process which are helpful for polarization and also for the vision of the mystic take place in time-space and, consequently, use the bridge from metaphysical to physical for what seems to be a brief period of your space-time. The time-space equivalent is far greater. The bridge remains, however, and traduces each distortion of mind, body, and spirit as it has received the distortions of energy influxes so that healing may take place. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there really quickly just to, to uh, explain a little bit right there. The reason that in your dream it seems like you've dreamt an hour, sometimes days, it could be years, in, in what seems to you in that timeline you wake up and realize it was only the last couple of seconds of your dream is because of that. Do you understand? The bridge, right? There's a bridge there between, okay? It, it consequently used the bridge from metaphysical to physical, for what seems to be a brief period from your space-time, the time-space equivalent is far greater. So at that point when you're in your dream, your conscious mind has now bridged over away from this third-dimensional world and has gone outside of our linear space-time into time-space, where the past, the present, and the future all happen now. And we can perceive it all that way. So when you're dreaming, you're literally, you know, having a whatever, however length your, your dream could be, an hour, two hours long, at least it feels like that when you're in it, and, and it's literally a second or two in this time place. Because what people, this is the weird thing, and this is where people get weirded out. When it comes to time, space, and space-time, we're moving in this 3D reality closer to the speed of light in our vibration than all other realities in the universe. Outside of this time, past, present, and future is happening all at once, but to us, that would seem like 100,000 years, 500,000 years, 700 million years. Because we're moving so fast, we have to be vibrating so fast, and we're so close to time that time slows down. Do you understand? That's the quantum weirdness, the quantum effect, right? Now, you have to remember that when I was in college, the, the physics was my major, right? Philosophy was my minor. Okay, so physics was my major. So you have to understand that that's one of the reasons why I translate this. Not only the, the language and verbiage used, but I actually understand the concepts of all of, all of the, the physics, so we literally are moving faster than, than the rest of time, the rest of time-space. And because we're so close to, to the speed of light, time for us slows down, only we perceive it 
at a constant. And then the whole entire universe is moving with everything happening now in a bubble. And you would think that that makes that work faster and that they're moving faster to be able to have everything happen now, but it's not. It's not. They're actually moving slower than we are because as you speed up to the speed of light, your, your aging, everything slows down because you're getting to be moving almost as fast as light. So everything, time slows down, space slows down, you physically don't uh, age that's that's the, you know, what the when they talk about uh, time, if they if you could travel at the speed of light and travel, you know, just outside of our solar system and turn around and do the same thing back when you get back here, it's going to be like 50 years later. But for you, it's going to be literally 20 or 30 seconds. Because in a sense, you jump over time because time slows down in this place if you go faster than we're going here, which is what happens Right, so time kept on going, and you jumped over it because you're traveling closer to the speed of light. For you, it was only a few seconds. That was what they did with uh, the, if you watched a Back to the Future in the very beginning, when they sent the dog, and he went up to 88 miles an hour, and he disappeared. One minute later, he reappeared, but for him, he didn't experience that one minute. He traveled faster. He traveled almost as fast, faster than our time, sped up, and because of that, he actually leaped over that second into the future. So I don't know if that helps you understand that. But that's why it's so important to remember your dreams because you're actually working something out and dreams are so esoteric. It's it's really ridiculous. But um, don't read any books on interpreting dreams. I have yet to find one that doesn't say negative shit. Pardon my language. But if you try and interpret your dream and you and you look it up in these books, they're like, Satan is coming to kill you. Everyone around you is stabbing you in the back. It's all negative stuff. I don't know how they got away with writing a book like that and people actually buy it. Right? So if you go to look for a book that interprets dreams, pull the book open and read a few of their things in there before you buy the book. Flip pages to random places. Because I bought a book one time and, I, and then I started flipping through there and there wasn't a single positive uh, outcome in the dream. The dreams always meant something negative. I was like, wow, this thing was written by the devil trying to convince everybody that your dreams are evil and everybody's trying to kill you. So be careful when you look into books about that stuff. Um, you know, vet them before you buy them. Don't just look at, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't. Okay, here we go. So REM, rapid eye movement, is when you cross over. Uh, and some of us already know that because when someone says that, you're 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 really almost completely into the uh, subconscious. You, at that point, I would suggest that you're in the superconscious, but you're being controlled by your subconscious. Otherwise, the dream would be easier to control. I was brought up with the Native American uh, way of, of um, taking control of your dreams. So by the time I was 18 years old, I at that point, I was able to uh, fully take control of my dreams. So nothing happens in my dreams now that I don't control. So if something's happening that's bad, I fix it. In my dream, I take control of it. Um, I can also get up, wake up from a dream and then go back to sleep and continue dreaming the dream. Some people have that happen. And they go, I don't know how that happens, but that was crazy, man. Um, I can actually control that, right? Uh, and it's it's not an easy thing to do. It takes years of practice. That's it. Well, I started learning it when I was about 11, and it took me, you know, some, some seven uh, to eight years before I was able to uh, be at a, at a point where I could then control it. And then to master that, takes a few more years but you can do it and some people learn faster so who knows you might do it in, in a year you know what I mean a month it just depends on how you how quickly you learn okay so I, I would suggest to look into 
uh, that a little bit more deeper than I'm getting into it here because dreams are very important and what's happening there, and I just got kicked out of Facebook again, and what's happening there is actually an important um, thing because you're working out something. And sometimes you are just warning yourself that subconsciously you actually do know that somebody's trying to do damage to you or get over on you or, or rip you off or even try to murder you or whatever. Uh, and, you, and then your dreams start manifesting that to show you, listen to me. You're not paying attention to your instincts. Listen to me, right? This is why, you're, you know, and then sometimes your anxiety might cause that, right? My ex-wife, um, she just divorced last year, divorced her husband, and she had dreams of him coming in the house and murdering her. I said, I don't believe he has plans to do that, though he could, because anybody could be a murderer. We all have that within us. I said, but I, I think that's your anxiety, your fear has always been you've been afraid of him. So now, you're, now your worst nightmare is him coming in and, and killing you. So once you witness that, you know, just be on the lookout that that could possibly be something that he might do, you know. So she installed some cameras uh, just in case, right? So it's never a bad time to be paranoid when your life is on the line. Okay, let's continue. This healing process does not occur with the incidence of rapid eye movement, but rather occurs largely in the space-time portion of the mind-body-spirit complex using the bridge to time-space for the process of healing to be enabled. Yes, and I wanted to point out, thank you, Celeste. I finally got back in, so I see your remark. The older you get, right, the older you are, the longer it takes to learn something. something. Uh, and, th and that is true. And the, and the reason for that is is your brain is literally like a computer, and it records everything that you do throughout your entire life. But it is literally like a hard drive. And if you guys don't know anything about computers, if you download something onto your computer, it doesn't put it on your computer in an orderly fashion. It just doesn't do that. What it does is it literally just goes and throws it into a memory slot. It doesn't organize it in any way. That's why on your computers you have that defragmentation uh, um, thing that you can do. You have that on Apple as well. It's just not called that Apple. They were just all piffy with the names and named everything different, trying to make it user-friendly, and it made it like you have to be a, a nuclear physicist to figure it out. Uh, I, you know, the PC, I can get into a PC, and I can, I can turn it into a, a freaking rocket. But in Apple, I'm like, what? how the hell do I get to the page where it shows me what the hell programs I have? You know what I mean? And I have an Apple. I have, I have one of the best Apples ever made. Uh, but it's, it, it's difficult for me to navigate. It's not user-friendly at all. It never has been. They said it was, but it's not. If you never learned anything else and then you learned Apple, yeah, it's kind of like Newtonian theory and Einsteinian theory. If you learn Newton's laws first and then you try to learn Einsteinian law, Einstein's laws, then what happens is when you get to the grand unified theories, that's when the quantum weirdness hits. Because there is a quantum weirdness. Because when I talked about this the other day on my show, quantum, the quantum weirdness is literally when you take any item, your finger, a cell out of your finger, and you scrape a piece of metal off of, like, say, this microphone. If you put them under a microscope and you get down to the subatomic particles, they're identical. There's no difference. They are the exact same thing. That's where the quantum weirdness hits. Because people don't understand. That's the grand unified theories. People don't understand that literally when you get down to a certain level... All, everything in the universe is identical. It's just something that happens at a certain point to that object, to that neutron, to that, you know, nucleus or nuclei that changes it to tell it to become my finger or the cell on my skin on my finger or a piece of a rock that turns into, you know, a piece of steel. So, so that same thing happens with, with when you're dreaming. That's my point. 
when you're dreaming, you get to that lucid stage where you're in the super conscious, super conscious state, right? But the problem in that, in there, is that it's your subconscious that's giving you what it's working on, and your subconscious doesn't think linearly like we do, <laughs> right? So it, it hits you, and this is where the computer reference comes, and the memory, and like she was saying, it's harder to learn. It hits you, your subconscious hits you the same way with a dream. It throws stuff at you because it's giving you different metaphors for what is. Different things represent different things. So you could be looking at a dog in your dream, and that dog doesn't represent a dog in real in the dream. What the dream is trying to tell you, that dog could represent your grandfather in some way. And you don't know that, but subconsciously, that's what you referred to for that moment, the emotion, blah, 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 all that stuff. Okay, so when your memory does the same thing, as, I, as I'm sitting here, you look at the, your screen, and you look at, say, the words on the screen. Every time you blink your eyes, it's a, it's, that's why we do that with a camera. Every time you blink your eyes, that's a memory bubble that actually goes into your memory. Uh, the, what you were thinking, your state of mind, how you felt, whether you were upset, how you're, you know, literally your emotional uh, level, Everything, every time you blink your eyes, you get all of that tacked onto and attached to the memory of, say, the words on the screen or what I am saying to you right now. Okay, so that's why I always tell people if you want to remember things, and there's memory games that you can play to remember things, especially when you get older, Celeste, like she was saying, your brain is a jumbled mess of a computer. Everything's been thrown onto the hard drive, and it takes you longer to find it because we can't defragment our brain unless we set that up in the beginning. So we don't have a button we can just press, press on. I need to have de defragmentize my brain memories and reorganize them so that all the flots, all the things that are supposed to be remembered are, are attached in the right proper places. We don't have that in the human mind. So as you get older, it becomes harder because you everything starts breaking down on your body, and so that distracts you for one. Right, you get arthritis, you have ailments, you're getting old, your body's not working right, it's creaking, you're you're farting, and you're you know I'm peeing my pants or whatever when you're really old. I can't eat that because it makes me have gas. Burp, got acid ingestion. You have all these things plus outside influences of the world trying to dis distract you from everything, and then you're trying to remember stuff. So your brain gets so full of stuff that it takes you longer now to sift through things to remember something. So it also, in the same sense, because everything is so disorganized in our brain, that it takes longer for you to then put something in there and make it stick and learn something. So it takes you longer to learn a language than it does when you're a kid and you don't have much in the files. So what you have to do to combat this, this is what I have found, is that when you want to memorize or you're looking at anything and you want to remember it, First of all, blink your eyes four or five, six times and concentrate on, on the thing you want to remember. Every shutter of your eyes is a new memory bubble that's going to go in your brain. And then if you really want to remember something, attach a word to it or a phrase, right? If you do that, then you can remember that phrase and say that phrase and know that that phrase, what was that thing I was trying to remember about the who won that race yesterday? Oh, yeah, bite the bullet. I attached that to it. You'll remember the phrase more readily because you use it. Oh, yeah, bite the bullet. Who won the race? Oh, yeah, it was Jeff Gordon. You pulled that up because you pulled the file that was attached to it. You set the file name and then attached it to that. And so all you have to do is remember the file name. Even though, say, you use bite the bullet 99% of the time, all your memory is going to be organized in there under that. So 
how you forget things is if you don't think of them, this is the part that our brain does do to try and organize. If you don't think of something uh, often enough, your brain will push it further and further away from, it puts it in a file further away. So you, it takes you longer to remember that because you have to then sift through all of your memory. What was I doing that day? How, when, when I remembered that, you got to start from somewhere like an investigator. Oh, yeah, that was the time that we went down to Santa Cruz. So that would have been two years ago. Now your brain's accessing memories from two years ago that are having to do anything to do with Santa Cruz. And, the, and so eventually you'll find the path back to the thing you're looking for literally by going through the, the abacus in your brain or going through the Dewey Decimal System in your brain, if you're old enough to know what that is. And, and then you'll be able to trace your roots, your, your, your whole memory back to that spot, but it takes a while. So that's why sometimes you go, okay, hold on, I'll get it in a minute. And then you got to think about it. But if you, if you don't have that inroad... Then it drives you nuts because you can't remember it. You're like, damn it, this is pissing me off. I know it's there somewhere. But you didn't name a file to put it in. So if you name that file, bite the bullet, blink six or seven times, then you think about that thing associated with the word bite the bullet, and you know you're going to use that word because that's the word you use. So you might have that file might still be half of your memory, but you've also accessed that quicker. You know, it's not going to stay in the in the background it's not gonna get pushed to the background because it's in the file of bite the bullet the one you currently use that's actual memory uh, uh from scientists actually teach that no joke so as you get older you have to you have to constantly um you know uh, uh challenge your brain that's why you, they have these apps now doing things you just doing things exercising learning a language reading uh, stuff that's not normal. It's the same thing with exercising. So to get the brain to stay a little more frosty and keep things uh, a little bit faster running, you have to challenge it every day and make it be more efficient and then tag stuff to it. So you're right, and I know that has, doesn't have anything to do with the law of one, but in a sense it does because it has to do with your well-being uh, and all of our well-being because if your mind is healthy, your body is healthy, your spirit, your mind, your body is healthy, then all of you is healthy. And when that happens, you have a more efficient. So if you're eating properly, getting the right rest, you're challenging your brain, you're doing a little bit of exercise, all of that adds to your cognitive abilities. Okay, now I have a mother who has Alzheimer's, and I'm working on that very thing with her, challenging her brain. Right. She likes to do crossword puzzles. I got a whole case of crossword puzzle books for her to play with. Right. I also give her things that help remove the plaque in the brain. Right. And also my buddy and I, another dorky scientist, he, he has done a study on himself and going and listening to what everybody has said to fix the body and the mind. And he realized that if you if you intermittently fast 18 hours at a time, then that actually forces your body to actually clean out junk in your body to use for fuel. And it'll actually clean out the plaque in the brain that builds up in there that causes the aluminum and other metals to get caught in your brain, which short circuits the brain, and you, that's what Alzheimer's is. So the plaque is, the, is the, the one thing. So I'm doing things chemically to my mother to help rid that plaque, and then I'm doing things to help her uh, uh, do things and think. Right. And we've slowed down the process like really. And then I also have our own medication with a doctor's approval. So I'm not doing anything and like, you know, harming her, guys. I'm not like doing this stuff and not having a doctor's approval and not having her tested by doctors and not having the doctors work with me. I am, in fact, doing that. And the doctors that I'm working with are watching everything that I do because it's actually helping. 
and you know, I I helped my doctor with uh, uh, people as they age having drier skin, and I said, well, it's all the stuff they put on their stuff. It's all the perfumes and everything that's drying out their skin. So you got to change things to to where you don't have that, but you still do. Like I I had to learn how to do that because my mother gave me albino like skin. So I'm allergic to everything, so I have to use just ivory soap because it's just almost 100% soap. So growing up, I had the, there's a reason for this, right? I'm not rambling to be rambling. Growing up, I had these disadvantages. My skin, I had to treat like I was an albino. And because of that, I had to learn quicker me and my body. So I learned my body faster than most people did because I was forced to. Right. And because of that, I was able to to solve problems later in life that I would have had and that other, almost everybody does have. But I already solved those problems 20 years ago. So I had a, I had a, a head start on some things and I actually helped him because of that. My mother was itching and scratching and I was like, what is going on? Well, she was putting too much soap on her clothes. She was putting on she was using this stuff, perfumey stuff in the in the uh, shower. Right. And then she has a skin problem that I have because I got it from her. So I was like, no, we're going to change all that. No more fabric softener that has scent in it. No more laundry soap that has scent in it. No more soaps that have all these scents in it. Right. That stuff is all hard on your skin and it makes you itch when you start getting older. And even if you put lotions on, you'll find you put a lotion on and it'll have stuff on it. So I learned all these things because all of these things help you help your body and and, you know, and help you to remember better just by eating better and, t- and then, you know, fasting. So my mom, if I don't tell her to eat, she won't. So she'll eat dinner. Say we eat dinner at like 6 o'clock at night, right? She doesn't get up. She's a millennial. She doesn't get up until between 11 and 12, right? So she's already gone more than 12 hours, almost 15 hours without food, right? So I have to make sure, like, she'll get up at noon, and I'll be like, Mom, make yourself something to eat. Well, I just woke up. I'm not hungry. By 2 o'clock, she's been 18 hours now. So without having to do anything, She's already fasted for 18 hours a day, right? So that helps her memory. But I make sure that she eats three meals after that, right? So I give her a meal just before she goes to bed, but not too soon before she goes to bed, right? I try to keep her, you know, give her food by at the very latest eight because she goes to bed at 10. Do you understand? All of that helps your memory. Everything you do helps in everything. So the dreaming is important. The food is important. Balancing every part of every aspect of your body, mind, and soul is important for what? For clarity, understanding, vibration, and raising your vibration. All of that raises your vibration without even trying. And that's what you ultimately need to do. And that allows you to then start learning the things that you're supposed to learn while being here, the reason that we're here. Okay, And when you start learning, you gain the knowledge that breaks the conditioning that they've pounded you with. And they're doing that daily. Turn on the news. Turn on any channel. They're hitting you with it constantly. Go on the Internet. Look at Twitter. Look at all these places. They're hit, they're, and now they're starting to censor people who say, hey, you guys are brainwashing people and you guys are not being fair. They're like, you're done. Out. We're not having you say that anymore. Don't listen to that person. He's crazy. Right. So now we have this cancel culture going on that if you're not if you don't tow the party line, you're gone. You're done. That's it. You're fired. Going to ruin your life. Going to make sure you don't do anything. We're going to make sure you're homeless on the streets. That's what they're doing to people. That's crazy. Right. So you have to fight against all of that. And sometimes not saying things out loud. 
right, is going to save you for to fight another day. So every now and then you got to learn where and when not to say something. And Donald Trump needs to learn that. <laughs> he hasn't yet. I mean, I know that's the only voice he had, and he's a New Yorker, so he's he's you know he's a tough guy and he's got a punch and kick. But you know, had he just backed off just a little bit on Twitter, he'd probably be the president right now. Oh wait, he is the president right now. <laughs> you know what I mean. He'd be getting resworn in on Wednesday. But that may still happen if all of those conspiracy shit's true. All right, but we're not going to talk about that. Today's the law of one. All right, so that's why dreaming is important, and that's why it's hard for your memory as you get older. And if you're aware of it, you can take steps, was my whole point of that rant. You can take steps to fix that. Now, because my mother had Alzheimer's, and so did my cousin on my grandfather's side, my mother's father, that means that there's a possibility that I have the gene and that I may end up with Alzheimer's as well. I'm going to have a test done at some point, the pre-test to find out because I am 53. I could be having effects of it right now, right? What was that? No, what? Yeah, they know they have a pill for, for that, but I don't remember what it was called. See my point? But no, I'm, I'm serious about it. I worry about that. So does, so does my sister. So does my brother, right? We all have this really, really fast-paced brain and have a really good memory, and my biggest fear is to forget everything I know. I mean, life is bliss that way because you don't know, not knowing anything. Socrates said that, you know, ignorance is bliss. What you don't know doesn't hurt you. I mean, it still can, but it's still envious because then you don't know. Once you've put, once you've pulled the cork off of that genie and the dragon pops out and you see that dragon all at once, you can't unsee it. Then you're obligated to do something about it. And I, and, I, and I apologize to any dragon uh, dragonborn out there because I am actually a dragon in a different realm. Um, I'm actually two different dragons in two different places. I found that out, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> so those of you who might be a dragon uh, as well, and some of you, you know, uh, that's a very Japanese thing. It's very Asian uh, um, uh, philosophical belief, but they, they, don't say, they don't think that because it's untrue. You know what I mean? They didn't make that up. That's, that's actually a thing. And not a lot of people realize that. And I'm not Japanese, but I bet I was at some point. I bet I was Chinese. I've been on this planet long enough. I bet I've been every race. I know that I have been because I like every race and I would like to be every race. People say, well, you wouldn't want to be a black guy. Sure, I would. Right. Those guys have a schlong down to their ankle. Right. And they look good in anything they wear. They make everything look good. Yeah, but then you're going to get beaten and ran over by cops and shot. I'm Irish. That happened to our people for, um, let's see, up until oh, now. Still happening. Right. So everybody is has the same stuff going on, guys. This is my point. It's just a different time period. Right. One hundred and fifty years ago, we were that people were murdering us because we were Irish, beating us and whipping us and, and enslaving us. That's not a joke. You can look that up. OK. And every race has had that happen to them. So it's not just one race being it's all races. All of us have had that happen to us by another race at some point in our lives. And you have gone through all of that. You know, you guys don't realize that you you have been everything. You have to have been everything at one point in your existence to move up. So at one point, every single person was a murderer. At one point, every person was a victim. At one point, everybody was a king. At one point, everybody was a queen. At one point, everybody was a serf, right? You go through all those unless you choose not to do that on that grandiose scale to learn what you need to learn. So it's some to some varying degree of all of that. Question 86.16. Questioner, you mentioned the loss of knowledge and control over the body as being a factor that was helpful in the evolutionary process due to veiling. Could you enumerate the important losses of knowledge and control of the body? Answer, I am Ra. 
This query contains some portions which would be more helpfully answered were some intervening material requested. Question 86.17 Questioner, I'm at a loss to know what to request. Can you give me an idea of what area of intervening material I should work on? Answer, I am Ra. No. However, we shall be happy to answer the original query if it is still desired if you first perceive that there is information lacking. Question 86.18 Questioner, perhaps I can question slightly differently here. I might ask why the loss of knowledge and control over the body was helpful? Answer, I am Ra. The knowledge of the potentials of the physical vehicle before the veiling offered the mind, body, spirit a free range of choices with regard to activities and manifestations of the body but offered little in the way of the development of polarity. When the knowledge of these potentials and functions of the physical vehicle is shrouded from the conscious mind complex, the mind, body, spirit complex is often nearly without knowledge of how to best manifest its beingness. However, this state of lack of knowledge offers an opportunity for a desire to grow within the mind complex. This desire is that which seeks to know the possibilities of the body complex. The ramifications of each possibility and the eventual biases thusly built have within them a force which can only be generated by such a desire or will to know. Question 86.19 Questioner, perhaps you could give examples of the use of the body prior to veiling and after the veiling in the same aspect to help us understand the change in knowledge of and control over the body more clearly. Could you do this, please? Answer, I am Ra. We could. Question 86. This <laughs> another one of those things, right? Could you do this, please? That's inferring that he do that, or that they do that. We could. And then he's like, will you do this? <laughs> I had to ask another way, right? So, so absolute. Point two zero. Questioner, will you do this? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Let us deal with the sexual energy transfer. Before the veiling such a transfer was always possible due to there being no shadow upon the grasp of the nature of the body and its relationship to other mind, body, spirits in this particular manifestation. Before the veiling process there was a near total lack of the use of this sexual energy transfer beyond green ray. This also was due to the same unshadowed knowledge each had of each. There was, in third density then, little purpose to be seen in the more intensive relationships of mind, body, and spirit which you may call those of the mating process, since each other self was seen to be the creator and no other self seemed to be more the creator than another. Ah. See, so that must have been boring, right? Because everybody was like, well, we, I'm God, you're God, we're all the one, and um, so the only reason that we have to do this little deed is so that we can procreate. I talked about that. I talked about that last time. Right? That would be boring, wouldn't it? That's why we're so diverse here. So that we have choices and things feel good and we feel more energy. And so we do that because we get closer to each other by doing that. But we also have to understand and learn that it's not just then when we're close to somebody and it's not just that physical act that we need to get to that place. That's part of the learn teaching, teach learning that we go through as we get older, right? After the veiling process, it became infinitely more difficult to achieve green ray energy transfer due to the great areas of mystery and unknowing concerning the body complex and its manifestations. 
However, also due to the great shadowing of the manifestations of the body from the conscious mind complex, when such energy transfer was experienced it was likelier to provide catalyst which caused a bonding of self with other self in a properly polarized configuration. From this point it was far more likely that higher energy transfers will be sought by this mated pair of mind, body, spirit complexes, thus allowing the creator to know itself with great beauty, solemnity, and wonder. Intelligent infinity having been reached by this sacramental use of this function of the body, each mind, body, spirit complex of the mated pair gained greatly in polarization and inability to serve. And it feels good. I just thought I'd throw that in there from a guy's perspective. Yeah, right. The vibration just went down about four octaves. <laughs> Question 86.21. Questioner, did any of the other aspects of loss of knowledge or control of the body approach, to any degree in efficiency, the description which you have just given? Answer, I am Ra. Each function of the body complex has some potential after the veiling to provide helpful catalyst. We did choose the example of sexual energy transfer due to its central place in the functionary capabilities of the body complex made more useful by means of the veiling process. This instrument grows somewhat low in energy. We would prefer to retain the maximal portion of reserved energy for which this instrument has given permission. We would, therefore, ask for one more full query at this working. Question 86.22 Questioner I would assume that the veiling of the sexual aspect was of great efficiency because it is an aspect that has to do totally with the relationship with another self. It would seem to me that the bodily veilings having to do with other self interaction would be more efficient when compared with those only related to self, which would be lower in efficiency in producing either positive or negative polarization. Am I correct in this assumption? Answer, I am Ra. You are correct to a great extent. Perhaps the most notable exception is the attitude of one already strongly polarized negatively towards the appearance of the body complex. There are those entities upon the negative path which take great care in the preservation of the distortion your peoples perceive as fairness ugliness. This fairness of form is, of course, then used in order to manipulate other selves. May we ask if there are any brief queries? Question 86.23 Questioner is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or to improve the contact? Answer, I am Ra. We are pleased that this instrument was more conscientious in preparing itself for contact by means of the careful mental vibrations which you call prayer. This enabled the channel to be free from the distortions which the contact fell prey to during the last working. We would suggest to the support group some continued care in the regulating of the physical activities of the instrument. However at this nexus it is well to encourage those activities which feed the vital energies as this instrument lives in this space-time present almost completely due to the careful adherence to the preservation of those mental and spiritual energies which make up the vital energy complex of this entity. Each is conscientious. The alignments are good. We would caution the support group as to the physical alignment of the appurtenance known as the sensor. There has been some slight difficulty due to variation in the pattern of the effluvium of this incense. I am Ra. I leave you rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, rejoicing in the love and in the light of the one creator. Adonai. 
Okay, so <clears throat> so that ends, I believe, the session 86. So we'll stop there and we'll start. Um, yes, it does, as a matter of fact. So let's go ahead and stop here. Uh, so we will then start on session 87, question one, next Friday. What do you think about that? And we're over a little bit anyways. <clears throat> but truthfully not, because I spoke for about 15 minutes. <clears throat> not doing a lot of one, pardon my phlegm. <clears throat> So we then did, um, you know, one full hour of content, right? Close to it, I'll give or take a minute or two. Okay, so that's that for, and that, that last uh, part was, you know, dealing with, uh, I, li I like that, that was the first time that I noticed that Raw had mentioned the uh, scent of the of the incense, right? And that it effect, affected some, somewhat the channeling right so the if you if you look i have on my page in the in the uh, photos on um orion rising you can see pictures of carla when she's laying there with all the apparatus on and the recording device sitting on her um on her chest and and then the of course the altar that's behind her head with the bible and the incense and the candle uh, and they all had they they tweak that if you go back and we'll listen to session one through ten they tweak that quite a bit to get it right it helps actually tune things because it sets the the tone the the uh, atmosphere the ambiance the whole nines all of that has to do with um, you know the the entire um, procedure so that you know in in fact they even uh, draw a circle right so they cast a circle like you would as if you were um, you know Wiccan pagan uh, working with magic using the Bible, having it open to a certain page, a, a certain candle, a certain incense, all of which are placed in a certain, they do a whole ritual and everything to open and close the session, just like people would do, you know, if you have a Wiccan background or a pagan background, um, Druidic background, any of the, the European religions, then you understand that, right? Uh, and, I mean, they do that now. That's where, you know, I had a problem when I was I had my um, spiritual group. I had one, and I ended up, first it was the spiritual plus the um, uh, ghost hunting. I had to split those up completely. Then I had the spiritual group, and I had to split that up to the, to the Christians and the, non, you know, and, the, and the Wiccans because the Christians were afraid of the magic. And then half of them came back over to the other one after they ascended to a point where they realized that that's all the same thing. If you go to any church, what they're doing there is a ritual. What they're doing there is casting a spell, Okay. And and you you can say that's not what's happening, but when you okay explain to me what is casting a spell, and once you do that and you explain it to me, and then I'll say now take a look at your um, whatever your denomination is. When you go there and that person whatever they're doing does a sacrament, what do you think that is? That's a ritual. It's a, they're casting a spell. It's the same thing. Anything that you do that is repetitive <coughs> is a ritual. Okay, so and so that's a rite. Do you understand what that means? That means it's a magical rite. Magic comes from the word magi. Magi means wise one, learned one. That's all that means. Well, you're casting a magic spell. I'm casting a wise person's knowledge. That's what magic is. It comes from the word magi. Magi literally means learned one. Okay, so that means somebody who knows more than you do about ritualistic stuff, right? That's all that means. And it doesn't mean they know more than you do. It just means somebody who is adept 
in rituals. So when you the so priests, you know, uh, clergy, all of those people when they're especially the Christians, when you're doing whatever, however your sacrament works. It's it's not all the same, right? Because the Catholics have a lot more to just more to do uh, than than most other religions, but they still have the same thing, and you're still doing the same thing, right? That entire thing is casting a spell. Look that up; it's the same. So people go, "Oh no, 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 no!" What you're doing is casting spells to demons, and you're uh, the devil. And no, that's what Orthodox religion is teaching you because they don't want you to be spiritual; they want you in their chairs paying them money and only learning what they want you to learn. I know that. I have been knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic See and I am a minister, ordained minister. So I'm not talking to you as some Joe off the street. I'm talking to you as someone who is a pastor and could have my own church. Do you understand? <laughs> so, so I'm not talking to you just from somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm telling you the truth is that whether you want to believe that or not doesn't matter the truth is the truth if i say the sky is blue because the sun's out the sky is blue and you say no it's not it's black okay that doesn't mean that it is black everyone else understands that it's blue because they looked up and saw it and it is in fact blue and that's just an illusion it's not it's just the reflection of the sun's rays coming through the ionosphere and so because of the gases that we have on this planet it turns the sky blue <laughs> Right. And sometimes it's red when there's smoke in the air. It turns the sky red. Why? Because there's different chemicals that react and let a different light illuminate from the sun's rays, which are the entire spectrum of light. Do you see? And those illuminate depending on what we have most prevalent in the air. So when you have all the all the smoke from fires, that's the different chemicals in the air. Uh, the same thing happens when you have a lot of clouds, right? And the sun's rays come through that. When it's going down, all of a sudden you have red skies, right? That's because it illuminates the red in the light spectrum because of what's in the air. Red skies at night, sailors delight, right? Isn't that what they say? Isn't that how that goes? I thought it was the other way around, right? Red skies in the morning, sailor be warning, something like that. I don't know how that works. I'm not, I'm not a sailor. I mean, I had, a, I owned a yacht, but I, it wasn't like I was a sailor out at this, the seas forever, not in this lifetime. All right, guys, <coughs> I guess I could turn my camera back on, get the phlegm out of my throat. <coughs> there I am, right? My beard all disheveled. Haven't shaved it off yet. Still there. I don't know how long I'm going to keep it. Maybe keep it until it gets too hot to wear it. We'll see, right? I'm kind of digging it. All right, guys, namaste. That was uh, session um, 86, so we'll be in session 87. Is that right, or where am I at here? Let me go back over here and take a look. That was 86, yes. So we'll be at 87 uh, next Friday, so that's kind of cool, right? Getting there, getting there, right? We'll get there eventually. I'll keep doing this until we finish all 106 sessions, and then I'll look into other things. Uh, there's uh, a lot of what's going on with the EBE Oli is still out there, and they're currently – um, talking. So how I am Ra. I greet you I in the love and in the that. light of the one infinite creator. I communicate. Sorry, I touched the screen over there when I looked at it and that turned it on. So it started the next session. Oops, my bad. All right, guys, have a great night. Thank you. Share this out. Thank you for anybody who is uh, who has came in today. Uh, it's weird, you know, going into this week 
coming up with the inauguration and the and then even probably next Friday is going to be hard to get people on here because people are going to be watching the news because I, I believe there's planned riots all over the world. Uh, right. So we'll see what happens between now and then. Uh, I may not be coming on next Friday because who knows what may happen, right? The world may come to an end before then. If only. <laughs> right? I don't see that happening, but it might get crazy. So buckle your seatbelts. Hold on to your hats because it might take off, man. This might spin out of control crazy and 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 who knows what's going to happen. Donald Trump could be the president or Joe Biden could be the president and then it could get crazier uh, because Biden's the president or it could get crazier because Trump's still the president or it can get crazier because both are gone, right? Who knows what's going to happen? It's going to get crazy either way. That always happens. It's very rarely do you have everybody pleased at an election and this one is just over overhyped so bad that now, I mean, there's going to be riots no matter what. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Everybody's going to burn places down and say that they're somebody they're not. I don't know what's going on, man. I'm just going to sit back and watch from my house. You guys, too, be safe. Have a good weekend. Um, sports football is in the playoffs. If you don't like football, then turn the channel, right? Find something else to do. Come back and listen to my shows, right? So this is Orion Rising, and I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow. Have a nice day. Have a nice weekend. And share this out. Share it out, share it out, share it out. All right, guys. Later.